The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The Colorado Avalanche lifts the Stanley Cup and beats the Tampa Bay Lightning. Shakeups happen across the land. The dust has settled. Preseason is over. It's time to see who will be chasing Lord Stanley this season. As this is the 2022-2023 edition, the NHL Preview Edition on the Anchor Network. Join yours truly, all Andy Alfred, as we preview the 2022 2023 season in the National Hockey League. We'll look at all the teams, break down the schedules, look at the rosters, and see who will lift Lord Stanley's Cup this summer. And now, here's the host of the podcast tonight. The jacket lover, the lover of all things hockey, Andy Alfred. The Colorado Avalanche defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Lord Stanley's Cup, ending the possible three-peat for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was absolutely glorious in the hockey world to see a new champion with young talent winning the cup. Now new faces in new places. New coaches in charge of their teams. Brand new facilities and new guidance in some teams. As Jeff Probst says it best, the championship is now up for grabs. As we welcome you into the 2022-2023 edition of the NHL Preview Show right here on the Anchor Network. I am your host, Andy Elford, welcoming you into the studio tonight and welcoming you to the new season of NHL Hockey here on the Anchor Network. As we will be giving you round-the-clock coverage on our Twitter account, which is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford, as well as giving you our updated show, which is the AllAndyElford podcast, talking all things NHL this upcoming season, with a focus in on some of the local teams, including the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Detroit Red Wings. We will talk about the NHL in depth more throughout the NHL season, but tonight's show is a special one as we preview the 2022-23 edition of this season. This is going to be, I think, probably the best 
that this league has, after coming off of a tremendous season last year, this is going to be a great year in the National Hockey League. Tonight on the show, we're going to recap, of course, what happened last season. Also, we're going to dive into some teams. We're going to talk about the defending champion, the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, we'll dive into the Chicago Blackhawks and the turmoil that's happening in Chicago. Also, we'll talk about the local teams. Of course, the Detroit Red Wings, who are just a few miles up the road from us, as well as the team that we talk about most on this program, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Jackets making a huge moves as well. And we will hear you'll hear my predictions on who I think will win the divisions, who's going to make the playoffs, and you will also hear my prediction on who will lift Lord Stanley's Cup this season in the National Hockey League. But let's recap 2021-22 as we were coming off of the COVID shortened year that we had last year, excuse me, two seasons ago. Coming off of a 21-22 season with new coaches in Brad Larson and Columbus, as well as finding out this was the last year that of Dave Blaschel from the Detroit Red Wings as he was let go. Uh, surprises throughout the 2021 season, of course, was that the, the reemergence of the Florida Panthers being very, very good. Um, you also had, you know, the defending champions still defending. Really good. The surprise to me, though, was the New York Islanders. The Islanders jump, making that big, long road trip before they opened up their new arena, and that sent them back so much in the start of the season. They were they fire Barry Trotz, they get rid of their coach, and it set them back. And they, they, they tried to make a good run in the second half of the season, but they couldn't figure it out. So it was... It was very, very sad to see that the dis- that was the disappointing team in 2021-22 season. For me, the the surprise, of course, like I said, it's the Florida Panthers. How good Florida was this past season and just absolutely dominating their opponents was just absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing to see. And for me, it was it was something to behold. When it comes to that, it, it really was. And I was just absolutely shocked of how, you know, Bobrovsky finally working out and the young talent that Florida had to get into that cup run, even though they were eliminated by Tampa Bay in pretty short fashion, it was just good to see. Um, of course, you saw the, the breakout player for me this past season in the 21-22 season, of course, was Igor Shishurgin, the goaltender from the the New York Rangers. The kid comes in, very young, comes in and just absolutely shocks the world, becoming a face, a great face to the team, and become puts the Rangers basically on his back and helps the Rangers get to work deep, making a deep run into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Can he continue that into 2022-23? We shall see. It's it's going to be very, very interesting to see how he's going to perform this year. Um, like I said, the disappointment was the New York Islanders. The player to watch from last year was the player that was shocking to me was Igor Shashurkin. You know, and then you had the typical key players, which is the uh, Alexander Ovechkin doing his thing. 
Sidney Crosby doing his thing, even though he was injured most of the season. Um, Connor McDavid, of course, the GOAT, I think, in Canada, in, in all of hockey right now. He's good. Johnny uh, Goudreau from Calgary, absolutely lighting it up as well, helping the Flames get into the postseason. That was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, 21-22's playoff run was absolutely was a magical time. You know, it was we got new stories every single night. And also, I think the winner, the real big winner, was hockey fans themselves in 21-22 with the new platform of ESPN, of course, with uh, with them taking over, as well as TNT and Turner Sports taking over with doing their Wednesday night and sometimes sat- Sunday and Saturday afternoon games. They did a fantastic job. So in all reality, in, the, in North America, in the especially in the United States, the winning winners of the season was ESPN and the National Hockey League, you know. And the real winners, of course, were the Colorado Avalanche taking it to the distance, taking it to Game 6, and winning the Stanley Cup in Tampa Bay, lifting the cup. And Nathan McKinnon lifts the cup for the Colorado Avalanche. We'll still dive into some of your teams here in just a few moments right here on the NHL Preview Edition as you're listening to us on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to our special 2022-23 edition of the National Hockey League. So now let's dive into some teams right now on the podcast. And now let's take a look at some of the teams that we'll be looking forward to watching this upcoming season. Let's talk first and foremost about the defending champions, and that is the Colorado Avalanche. The free agency for the for the Avalanche coming off of the 2022 Stanley Cup Championship was high as the Avalanche remain in the window to win, yet again, possibly another Stanley Cup. Colorado cut, captured its third championship, the first in 21 years, with the most recent core under contract beyond 2022, a new named GM in Chris McFarland prevented four other key players from testing the open markets, getting think players down like Darren Helm, adding valuable players like Darren, Darren Helm and Andrew Cogliano agreeing to a one-year deal helps out the Colorado Avalanche. If you look at their depth chart for this upcoming season, the one line is going to be Langeskov, Gabriel Langeskov, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Rantanen. There's two lines that's going to be Artiri Lettinen, Alex Newcook, and Larry Niskokin. And then you have the three line of Andrew Cogliano, JT Comper, as well as Logan O'Connor. The four line will have Semto Ratton, Darren Helm, and Oscar Olsen. But here's the key thing. The fifth line from them, they have a fifth line. Which is which is going to be very very interesting. Which was a signing that they got, which is a valuable piece in the Colorado system, and I think that I think Lucas Sedlak is going to be a very very big piece for them going forward this upcoming season. Overall, Colorado's record last year was fifty six nineteen and seven. They were seven point seven two six ahead. They were six and five in overtime, four and two in over in a shootout. Overall, they were the two number two overall, had the fourth best offense, and the ninth best defense, seventh best in power play, 
and 15th best in penalty kill. I think Jared Bednar and his team is going to be very, very interesting to watch this upcoming season to see if they will have that Stanley Cup hangover. They will have it early on, but can they get that past that so we can get into January and February to make sure that their cup run is going to be there? I think with Joe Sackett at the GM helm, I think he's going to be making a very, very good, made very, very good moves in the offseason, but getting Sedlak, Brad Hunt, as well as soaring up their goaltending and Alex Gor- Alexander Gorgiev and Jonas Johansson as well. So that's going to be very key. Very key. The odds right now for the Avalanche, for the Cup odds, are 12-1. to 1. Can they get back to the Cup? We shall see. So let's talk a little bit more. Let's talk another team, of course. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins coming off of a good of a decent season last year, but they're going to be looking at a couple key things. One, the band apparently the band is back together as what a lot of you fans are saying. And that is Crosby, Latang and and Mulkin all back together. The one line consisted of Gensel, Crosby and Russ. The two lines going to be Jason Zucker, Malkin, and Ricard Raquel. Very key. But for me, the the Ron Hexall GM went out and got some key places, key pieces. Drake Chiganda, Ryan Polier, Josh Archibald, Jeff Petrie, who is going to be a stud, I think, in the National Hockey League. You have Jan Rata. Well, and, and, and signing the Tristan Jari and, and Casey DeSmith helps it out. Helps it out. Char, Jari was the most stellar in the past three seasons with the... and But he has still yet to prove himself, I think, in my opinion. He still has yet to prove himself. But the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise, I think this window is starting to really start to shut the door. Uh, last year, they were 46-25-11. Six and four in overtime, three and seven in a shootout. They were the twelfth best team in the National Hockey League with their average offense averaging three point two eight goals a game, which is eleventh, but giving up two point seven one, which is fifth best in the league. Their power play was eighty at eighty four percent, third best in the National Hockey League. Power excuse me, power play was nineteenth best. Penalty kill was third best. Uh. I think Ron Hextall with Mike Sullivan at the coaching helm is going to be interesting. The odds for the Penguins to make the cup final is 25 to 1. Uh, some players to watch out for this upcoming season. You also you have Samuel Pilal, uh, Owen Pickering, Pickering, Pink, as well as P.O. Joseph on the defensive round. So that's going to be interesting to see how they're going to shape up. They open up the season on Thursday the 13th against the Arizona Coyotes. With the Pittsburgh Penguins in mind, we also have to talk about another team that's actually finding themselves in a bit of a turmoil, and that is what's happening in Chicago this upcoming season. The Hawks are not the Hawks anymore, ladies and gentlemen. The Hawks are just, pardon my language, are just a man, a, a mess with, with Kyle Davidson running the GM with Luke Richardson being the coach. I think this is the last year you're going to see, possibly halfway through the season, you're possibly going to see Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tate together on line. 
The three lines consistently right now, the one line will feature a new addition to the Chicago Blackhawks in the former Blue Jacket and former former Montreal Canadian is Max Domi. You have Domi with Taves and Kane. The second line will ha- feature Tyler Johnson at center, Taylor R- Radish at right wing, and Andreas Antetokounmpo, former Red Wing, at the second line helm. And the goaltending sign, they have Peter Mrazek and Andrew Stalock as goaltending realm. The defensive side sees, of course, Seth Jones returning back to the lineup, as well as Connor Murphy, as well as Ian Mitchell in the same realm. Chicago last year, one of the worst teams. At 28, 42-12, 6-10 in overtime, 6-2 in shootouts. They were the 27th best team in the National Hockey League, with their average getting 2.60 goals a game, which is 29th in the league. They allowed 3.52 goals a game, which is 26th best in the league. Their power play was 21st in the in the campaign at 19.2%. Penalty kill 24th best at 76.2% with Richardson and Davidson. Their cup odds right now with how Seth Jones and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are all playing. Their cup odds right now are 90 to 1. That's not good. And it, and I'm I'm telling you Hawks fans this I expect, I expect Patrick Kane to be dealt by the trade deadline. Even I think even before the trade deadline, I think in my opinion, I think you see Kane moving. I don't see Taves moving. I think Taves will stay. I think Kane moves. Who does he move to? I think ownership wants to go in the realm of young talent. They want to go to a team that's going to have young talent. And for me, it's going to be interesting. The Hawks did claim uh, Jared Teroff off of waivers from the, from the New York Rangers. That's going to be very interesting. They also have reassigned uh, defenseman Isaac Phillips to Rockford to start the season. Phillips recall from Rockford. Uh, the Hawks acquired in a in a trade, um, Jason Dickerson to Vancouver from Vancouver in exchange for Riley Stallman. So they're they're already making moves to implode. So there's that for you. So the organization is just I I think it's moving in the way of just trying to move pieces to get pieces. For the upcoming, there the because this is a rebuild. In my opinion, this folks is a rebuild, and for me, it's it, the Hawks are not in a good shape. I think I think we're seeing the end of the great dynasty that was the Kane Taves dynasty. They open up on the twelfth of October at Colorado, and they have a tough first sledding games. They play in Colorado on Wednesday. In Vegas on Thursday, and then Saturday, the 15th of October, they play in San Jose before they had their first home game on the 21st, which is almost a week after, against Detroit. So, Hawk fans, pack your patience. Pack your patience. I mean, Kane last year, 26 goals, 66 assists for 92 points. He was a minus 19, though. 
played 78 games. Alex DeBrinkett was the leader. 41 goals, 37 assists, 78 points. It was a minus 13. Every guy on the roster was a minus. That's not good. That is definitely not good. So we'll see how that all shakes out as well, too. Now let's talk about another team, one more team before we go to the break, and that is going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now the Leafs, we'll talk about some positives. Let's talk some Leafs. But we'll not make it out to the second round. We'll not give it a second round because they won't make it past the second round. That's the joke for you. The Leafs, of course, led by Austin Matthews, as well as Mitch Martyr, as well as Jonathan Tavares and Morgan Riley. The line looks like this. It's going to be Bunding, Matthews, Martyr, and then you have Alexander Kerfoot, Taves, uh, Jonathan Tavares, excuse me, and William Nylander. Nylander is a very key piece of this. And they went out and got some key pieces this year. Uh, Adam Gulliet, as well as Kaylee, uh, Kelly Jerkoff on the forward side of things with the right, uh, the right wing. Of course, you have Kyle Clifford on the left wing. You also have Nick Richardson on left wing. At right wing, at right wing you have Wayne Simmons. Going to be there on the defensive side. You have T.J. Brody, Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin. Their defensive side is going to be tooled up. They also got Jordy Ben and Victor Mete. But here's the key thing. They went out and got some goaltending. And Matt Murray is their goaltender this year. They're number one goaltender. I like this. As well as Ilyam Samsonov as well. I think Sheldon Keefe and his team has got something going in Toronto this year. They were the, they were the fourth best team. In the league with a record of 54, 21, and 7 with 115 points. They were 6 and 6 in overtime, 3 and 1 in shootouts. They had the second best offense at 3.80 goals a game. They allowed only 3.07 goals a game. Their first best, they had the best power play in the NHL, the eighth best penalty kill at 82.1%. Their power play 27.3%. Uh, yeah, Toronto's got some players, and they also have some good prospects as well, too. They have uh, one of my favorites is Nick Richard Robertson, excuse me, Nick Robertson, 21 years of old. He played with Toronto, the Marlies. Injuries were challenging, but the standout score has a great release. Brothers, the stars, uh, brother star is Jay, Jason Robertson as well. So that, that's a key to player to watch as well, too, as well as uh, Frazier Minton at the center realm. Uh, he embraces life as a shutdown center against top lines, not teaming with an offensive side. He was acquired in the 2022 draft, 38th overall. They expect him to get into the league around NHL, around 2026-2027. He's a young kid. And I think the Leafs have become the modern franchise in the National Hockey League, a model for now. How to come this close, but still fail to get to the next round. Now, they have a 15-1 to 1 odds of making it to the cup final. 15-1 to 1 odds. That's not bad. Toronto's odds are pretty good. And like I said, Matthews was, the, was their leader. 73 games played, 60 goals, 46 assists for 106 points. He had a plus 20. 
Mitchell Martyr right behind him. 72 games played, 35 goals, 62 assists, 97 points. He was a plus 23. Toronto opens on Wednesday, October 12th at Montreal. Then the next night they will host the Washington Capitals October 13th. And then Saturday, October 15th, they'll take on the Ottawa Senators on Hockey Night in Canada for the opening season. So there, Toronto, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Colorado. Uh, my producer's telling me I have time for one more. We do have time for one more before we get into the locals. Okay, great. Uh, let's talk about the New York. Uh, let's talk about the New York Rangers. I want to talk about the Rangers really quickly before I get into the local teams. So of course, the Rangers. You know, the surprise, of course, is Igor Shosturkin, like I mentioned for last year. But their offensive line is very, very good this year. With Chris Kreider, Mika Sabatajad, and Kapokako as well going to be there. You have, And don't forget, you have Artemi Panarin there. And the pickup of Vincent Trocek is very, very good, as well as Ryan Carpenter. Carpenter's really good. Don't forget, you got Ryan Reeves at right wing, of course. And the defensive side, you've got Adam Fox, Jacob Troba. You have Ryan Lindgren, uh, Braden Schneider. Going to be there. But they've got Ho uh, Halak and Sajurkin. It's going to be interesting. They were the they were the eighth best team in the National Hockey League last year with a record of 52-24-6. They were 4-3 in overtime, 4-3 in a shootout. They were the 17th best team in offensive realm, averaging 3.5 goals a game, scoring. They gave up. They were the second best in giving up only 2.49 goals a game. The fourth best power play and the seventh best penalty kill in the National Hockey League. Gerard Gallant's team is going to be very, very interesting. And we'll see if Chris Jar Drury can actually make up some big pieces for the for the Rangers. As you know, they they had a gritty march to the Eastern Conference Finals just last year. They were beaten by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's going to be interesting. It will be definitely, definitely be interesting with the Rangers. The Rangers, 19 to 1 odds to make it to the cup final. They've got a couple good players. One of them, Brendan Ottoman out of the out of the Flint Firebirds. He's going to be estimated to make the NHL about any about 24-25. He spent a season in Switzerland elevating his game further. He has dedication to un, to improving the unparalleled of his game. And of course, with with uh, Lafreniere there. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how Lafreniere gets gets into there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, Panarin was their leader last year. 22 goals, 74 assists for 96 points. He was a plus 21 this past season. As you are listening to our special edition, the NHL 2022-2023 preview edition right here. On the Anchor Network, I am your host, Andy Alford, and now we'll dive into some of the local teams, of course. And we're going to have one more team before we dive into the local teams. We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference champions. We'll talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning here in just a second, which will lead us to the local teams. Well, now we'll take a look at some other team, more teams around the National Hockey League, of course, and we'll talk about the Eastern Conference champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa coming off of a tremendous season this past year being the first team to make it to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals in nearly 40 years 
even though they lost, I think Tampa's going to be very, very good this upcoming season. I think their window remains wide open. Even with them losing Ryan McDonough and Andre Palat, they went out and made some key pieces. They lost some key pieces, but they kept most of their core with Kalorn, Braden Point, and uh, uh, Kirchhoff. And then you have Stamkos on the second line with Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel. Uh, right now you have An- Anthony Sorelli out right now with an injury. We don't know how long that's going to be, but Ross Colton and Vladislav Nasarkov will take over at the uh, on the third line. You also have course Corey Perry there in the in the in the depth chart as well. Defense defensive is very very interesting. You have Victor Hedman. You have uh, Sergachev. Uh, you have Chernak, Calfoot, Hayden Fury, Philip Meyer, Sean Day, and then you have the goaltending of Andre Vasilevsky and Brian Elliott and Maxine Legacy. Now there is one thing I wanted I wanted to discuss here. The Lightning went out and signed Ian Cole. Now, Ian, is right now, is facing some disciplinary actions in the National Hockey League with regarding what he what a report came out of him sexually assaulting players, uh, not players, but women. And with that in mind, uh, there is no place for that in the National Hockey League. Absolutely no place in it. And, you know, this is a player that is, in my opinion... Nowhere did we need to be on the ice this season. If I was Gary Bettman, I would actually look into this and investigate into the situation, investigate and talk to the people, talk to Ian, and talk to see what the league can do because this is this cannot happen. We cannot have another situation of Chicago all over again. We cannot have another this. And if this is the case with Ian Cole, I have a feeling that a lifetime ban is going to be imposed. And I'm being completely honest with you. You cannot have this happening in the game. When you are growing the game so much, of course, there's no need to do this in this league. There is no need to do this in the league. And I stand with the women, and I stand with the players that are standing up for for this man, I stand I stand up for the players that are standing against this man. Because there's no need for this in the National Hockey League. Absolutely no need for this in the National Hockey League. Tampa was the seventh best team in the National Hockey League, and we'll see if they're they're gonna get they're gonna get fined for this. He's gonna get he's they're gonna lose they're gonna lose him. They were the seventh best team in the National Hockey League with a record of 51, 23, and 8, 10 and 3 in overtimes, 2 and 5 in shootouts. They were the eighth best team on the offensive end of the puck, averaging only 3.848 goals a game. On the defensive side, giving up their 2.76 goals a game, which is, makes them the sixth best. They were on the power play, the eighth best power play in the National Hockey League at 23.9%. On the penalty kill, they were the 11th best at 80.6. John Cooper. And the key thing with this is that Cooper loses his right-hand man in Derek Lalone. And 
can they recoup from that? But their odds are 13 to 1 to make it to the cup final this upcoming season. Uh, they were led by Steven Stamkos last year, who played 81 games. He had 42 goals, 64 assists for 106 points. He was a plus 24. He had 36 minutes in penalties. They open up to, on the tw- excuse me on the 11th of October at New York. Then they go Friday the 14th to Columbus, and then the next night they are in Pittsburgh to play the Penguins before they have their first home opener game on the 18th of October against the Philadelphia Flyers. And by the way, regarding the Flyers, I know fans are asking me, they're going to ask, why aren't you talking about the Flyers? Because I know you're a big John Tortorella fan. I think Tortorella is going to be very good for this team in some aspects, but I also think it's going to be bad for for this team as well. They are a young team, and I know Torts loves the young talent they had, but some of his comments that he's made so far with the with the amoeba comments and everything like that. If you want, if you, I, I'm not going to dive into all of the comments with these. What he says, you can go and research it about the amoeba comment. But I think it's good for this franchise to get a John Tortorella after the performance that they had last year at 25, 46, and 11. It could spark this team. Do I think it's going to help them? I don't know. I mean, they've got a lot of players that had a lot of injuries last year in court, uh, in Kevin Hayes. You had Jordan Furby. You also had Ryan Ellis and Sean Cotier, all coming back from injuries. They're not going to be at a full hundred percent. Furby's injured right now. The right wing side with Atkinson's going to be fine. Owen Tippett's going to be fine. But after that, you Pulveroff. They, they signed Tony D'Angelo and Justin Braun. Uh, they did get Carter Hart. They did keep Carter Hart, but they got Troy, Troy Grosrek in the goaltending. Don't forget they got JVR, James Van Riemsdyk, and Kevin Hayes there. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Philadelphia does this year. Be very interesting to see how Philadelphia does this year. Uh, yep. Okay, we've got one time more, one more before we get into the local teams. We'll talk about the Boston Bruins. The Bruins, of course, the move today that the Bruins had was very, very shocking to me. Uh, they let uh, a couple good players out of there. They released a couple players to free agency on Sunday afternoon. As on Sunday late Sunday, and one of them was very, very shocking. They moved, They put three players on waivers. They put Mike Riley, Chris Wagner, and Nick Foligno on waivers, releasing them from their contract. So now they are up for grabs for teams to pick up. I think Mike Riley was very, very good last year with, with Boston. We can't hear he played 70 games. He had four goals, 13 assists for 17 points. He was a minus one. He had 32 minutes in penalties this last year. Chris Wagner. Um, here, let's see. Chris Wagner. Uh, he only played one game, unfortunately. He was a minus one. Uh, Nick Felino. Felino, of course, former Blue Jacket captain. 64 games played, two goals, one of which was against Columbus. 11 assists, 13 points. He was though a minus 13. He had 61 minutes in penalties. He was the fourth in penalties for the Boston Bruins last year. But those players are now up for grabs. 
Boston coming off of a good year. Uh, 51, 26, and 5. 9 and 3 overall. 2 and 2 in shootouts. They were the 10th best team in the league, averaging 3.9 goals a game and only allowing 2.66 goals a game. They're, they were the 15th best power play in the National Hockey League, ninth best on the penalty kill. Their coach, of course, is Jim Montgomery. Now, Montgomery is going to be interesting. That's going to be a very interesting to see how that's going to shake out, with, of course, with the firing of Bruce Cassidy re, getting replaced with Jim Montgomery. So we'll see how Boston's going to handle with this, who is now three years removed from having a stint in the Dallas Stars organization. So we'll see. Can't, and new GM, of course, is Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney, of course. That'll be interesting. The depth chart sees Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchant. Marchant down with an injury. Taylor Hall, Krejcik, uh, David Krejcik, as well as Pavel Zaka. That's the two players that they picked up. Their defensive core is very, 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 very shot right now. Charlie McAvoy is injury. Hampers Lindholm, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grisnick out with an injury. Mike Riley out with an injury. Uh, Michael Clanahan out for an injury. Their goaltending, you've got Jerry Slayman and Luke uh, uh, Linus Olmark, as well as Kyle Kaiser right there as well. The odds for the Boston Bruins to make it to the cup final and to win it is 37-1 to 1 right now. So we'll see how that's all going to shake out. Um, yeah, okay. All right, and now we'll dive into some of the local teams. We'll start first and foremost with the team up north, and we'll talk about the Detroit Red Wings here. Now let's talk about the team up north, and that is the Detroit Red Wings, the Red Wings Coming off of a, a struggle season last year, the Red Wings trying to find some early promise in the 2021-22 season, but fizzled out in the end, like they usually do, which ended up costing Jeff Blaschel his job. The Red Wings missed the playoffs for the sixth straight year, and with new with the GM Steve Eiserman running the ship, it was time to get some new leadership. And Derek Lalone, Derek, the assistant coach to John Cooper, formerly with the Detroit Red Wing organization with the East Coast Hockey League team, the Toledo Walleye, he now joins the ranks of the realm. And he bring he comes into the into the realm, bringing a new culture change to Detroit. Eiserman spent heavily in free agency, adding forwards Andrew Kopp, David Perron, as well as Dominic Kubelik as well as defenseman Oli Mata, Ben Sherratt, as well as Robert Craig. He also traded for goalie Vinny Harasso. Detroit needs improvement, and they need it very, very quickly as they are at the bottom ends of the rink. The Red Wings were 25th in goals last year at 2.77 and 31st in goals against, averaging 3.78 goals. The good news is that they look. this team does look pretty promising, and they will be competitive this year. But I, 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 I have a lot of questions with the Red Wings. Of course, can Larkin become the better, become better with this, with all these new pieces? With and can the young, will they, the young guys and Lucas Raymond and and Mo Sider, are they going to have the sophomore slump? That's what I have a lot of questions on. Last year, Detroit's record 
32, 40, and 10. They were the 25th team in the league. 8-8 eight eight overtime, 3-2 in shootouts. Like I mentioned before, 2.77 goals a game. That's 25th in the, in the league. And they averaged 3.7 goals against, which is the worst in the National Hockey League. Their power play, 26th in the league at 16.3%. They were the worst in penalty kill at 73.8%. That's not going to help you. Uh, like I mentioned before, the top line will be consist of Raymond, Larkin, and Bertuzzi. The second line will convince of a Verona, Kopp, and Perron. On the third line will be Kubelik, uh, P.S. Suter, as well as Philip Zadina. On the fourth line will be Adam Ernie, Michael Rasmussen, and Oscar Sunquist. The fifth line is going to be interesting. They have Giovanni Smith, Joe Valeno, and Robbie Fabry, who's now out with an injury. On the defensive side, you had the defending uh, Calder champion, Mo Sider, Brendan Sherratt, Philip Peronik, Ole Mata, Simon Everson, uh, Gustav Lindstrom, and Jordan Osley, Robert Hag, who's in addition, Jacob Wallman, who's out with the injury, as well as Mark Pizak, who's out. Goaltending, like I said, Vinny Harasso and Alex Najokovic, as well as UC Orladen, as well. Like I mentioned, they lost Gagne, they've lost Grice, they've lost Stahl, they lost Dandy DeKaiser. Carter Romery, Mitchell Stevens, as well as Ole Jerokin as well. Larkin last year, 71 games played, 31 goals, 38 assists, 69 points. There's that for you. On the futures to watch for the Detroit Red Wings, you have Marco Caperin, centerman. He's, he's the second best. Uh, I, I think... It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, William Wallleder is going to be interesting. The one player that could make it to this year will uh, be Simone Everson. He's 19. He's the total package defender. Is flawed over the scouts. NHL bound sooner rather than later. He was picked up with a sixth overall in the 2021 draft by the Detroit Red Wings. He's estimated to get into the league this season, the 2022-23 season. The odds for the Red Wings this upcoming season is 61 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup. So there's that. The Red Wings, 61 to 1 odds. We shall see how the Red Wings do this upcoming season. And now let's talk about another team. Let's talk about a team in the capital city. And let's talk about a team that made a big splash in the offseason. Let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Jackets made the big splash in the offseason with their general manager, Yarmo Kecker, lining, quote-unquote, having the reset plan, was moving ahead nicely. Heading into the offseason, the Jackets GM had a must-watch his team, who is one of the youngest in the National Hockey League, exceeding expectations with a sixth-place finish in the Metro. He also had the sixth and 12th overall pick in this year's draft, where we went out and got David Jurek and Denton Matichuk. And the start of free agency began. Columbus added two, five first-round picks in a two-year span, and two of them, centers Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger, already into the books. The Jackets then went up and made the splash and got Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey, Comes to Columbus for a seven-year, $68.25 million contract 
with Columbus has cast the Jackets into a new cast stratosphere. Them also, then Patrick Liney re-signing for a four-year deal as well. Goudreau, 29, still in the prime production window for several more years. It's going to make, I think, Columbus very, very good this season. Columbus, you know, with Patrick Liney, of course, with Boone Jenner, and the, the, the amount of young talent that this team has. I'm just ecstatic for this team this year. I'm ecstatic for the start of the season. Let me give you some full in-depth of the Jackets really quickly because I've been, I've been doing research on the Jackets ever since. I, I think they're the... Uh, and I'm not being a homer because you, know, you know me, I'm not a homer over things, but this is, this is a team that you're going to have to really watch this upcoming year. I think this is a team that you're going to say to yourself, hmm... You know, I I might want to watch some jacket games, or I or I might want to watch and see what they're going, what they're doing, in like the box score, or whether it be uh, if they're on any of the ESPN Plus games or the Prime games. They only have a few this year, but they're a team to watch this year. The jackets are are going to be very very interesting. Gruberson is the key to this. On the defensive side, Gruber Branson, Eric Good Branson, Good Branson, Good Branson. Very, very key. You have four players, top 20, who are now gone. Of course, Bjorkstrand getting moved to Seattle. That was a key move. Dean Kukin's gone. Gabriel Carlson's gone. Stedlin and Scott Harrington are all gone with this jacket team. But if you look at this depth chart that Columbus has, I think it's probably the best depth chart that I have ever seen this team put on the ice in all of my life. I I I am just ecstatic. The first line, line A, Jenner, Gaudreau. That's the projected. Now, it looks like it could be Kent Johnson making that making that line. You have Nyquist, Roslovic, and Voracek. Mercado making it out of camp. Sillinger and Texier. Robinson, Johnson, Chinikov. And then the fifth line being, besides the jacket, fans. Matthew Oliver signed acquisition. Sean Corrali and Justin Danforth. I like it. I like it a lot. On the defensive sides, of course, you have Zach Wierenski, Vladislav Gavrikov, Adam Boquist, Andrew Peak. You have Eric Gubertz Brunson, Jake Bean, Nick Blackburn, Gavin Bayruder, Jake Jacob Christensen, Marcus Bjork, and then the goaltending. What can I say? You've got Tarasov, you've got Merslinkitz, and then when he's fully healthy and ready to go, you've got Jonas Corposalo. Brad Larson's got a team here, folks. He's got an absolute team this year. They've got a strong possibility. And you've got, like I said, Kent Johnson, didn't matter Chuck there. You've got Tarasov, they're all ready to go. you got Liam Foodie. 
You got Luca Della Valuz that's going to be there. He was fantastic in the preseason games. Voracek was the leader. 79 games played. He had six goals, 56 assists for 62 points. Tells you something there. Line A, 56 games played, 26 goals, 30 assists, 56 points. He was a minus seven this last year. The Jackets will open up Wednesday, October 12th in Carolina. 7 o'clock puck drop. And then Friday, October 14th, they're at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then the 15th, the next night, they are in St. Louis to battle the St. Louis Blues for their campaign to begin the first three games of their season. I think Columbus's odds to make it to the cup final and to win the cup, 29 to 1 odds. Last year, they were 37, 38, and 7. So they were one game under 500. They were 7 and 4 in overtime, 4 and 3 in a shootout. They were the 21st best team in the league. They averaged 3.315 goals a game, which is 14th best in the league. They averaged 3.62 goals against, which is 28th best in the league. They were running a power play at 18.6%, which is 24th in the National Hockey League. Their penalty kill 20th best at 78.6%. It will be very interesting to see how Columbus does this upcoming season. We'll give you all the coverage of the Jackets, the Red Wings, and all the teams in the National Hockey League on our podcast, which is all Andy Alford, which we do each week right here on the Anchor Network through the different platforms that you listen to the show tonight, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And with all those teams set in mind, it's now time to take a look at my predictions for the 2022-2023 edition in the National Hockey League. So now let's take a look at the predictions for yours truly in the National Hockey League. And we're going to first and foremost start off with the Western Conference. And we'll give you the top three teams as well as I'll make my pick on well as who's the wildcard team in each of the divisions. If there's one or two in the division. And uh, we'll go from there. Also, we'll talk about who I think will get to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. And then we will then, you'll hear then who I have for the Cup Final and who I think will lift Lord Stanley's Cup this coming June in 2023. We'll first start off with the Western Conference, first and foremost. And we'll start off in the Central Division. I think the defending champion, we're going to go actually go from bottom to top. I have in eighth. The, the Arizona Coyotes. I think Arizona, with them moving into their new facility, which is in uh, the Arizona State University, it's going to be a smaller venue. I think it's going to affect them in a lot of cases. I don't like the fact that they're going to be playing in this small of a venue. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how their season is going to shake out, of course. Uh, of course, the re-signing of... The uh, excuse me, the team is very, very young, and not many known names on this team. Their odds 120 to 1 odds to win the cup this upcoming season. That's not good odds, very not good odds. I have them finishing in last place in seventh. I have the Chicago Blackhawks. I think the Hawks, I think are going to be really, really struggling. I think, 
like I said, I think we're seeing the end of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves together. I think this is the final year. I think either T Kane gets moved or Taves announces retirement. I think that's what's going to happen. Six, I have the Winnipeg Jets. I think Winnipeg looks very, very good this year. I think their team looks decent, but they are not going to be as competitive this upcoming season, especially with, you have, of course, you have Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connors, as well as Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. But, of course, the without the new with the new coach Rick Bonus at the helm there are cup odds are 45 to 1 right now i i i just just don't see them making the run this upcoming season fifth in a wild card position i have the Nashville Predators i think Nashville looks very very good they looked good last season in the postseason i think they get a deeper run i i think they get a run in the playoffs this year I have no team in the Pacific getting a wild card spot. I'm just going to announce that right now. I think it all comes from the Central Division this year. I think Nashville gets one of the wild card spots. The second wild card team is the Dallas Stars. I think Dallas, very, very good. They were good in the postseason last year. They were good in the regular season. I think Dallas retooled, ready to go. I like Dallas to get a wild card spot. Third best, I think, is going to be the Minnesota Wild. Now, Minnesota is very, very good this year. Minnesota, very, very good. I think with Minnesota's case, you've got, you've got Hartman, Zuccarello, Bodie, Marcus Foligno, as well as Jared Spuron, as well as them signing getting Marc-Andre Fleury at the pipes for a full season. I think the Minnesota Wild are officially back and are going to deliver some promises to the Wild Nation. I think they're the third best team. Second is going to be the St. Louis Blues. Now, what I saw in their preseason game against Columbus, I can't take anything out of it. And there are two preseason games out of Columbus. I, do, I, I just can't take anything out of it. I think St. Louis looks very, very good this year. I think they're going to make a deep run. In the postseason, do I see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? I'll just have to wait to find out. But I think the defending champions will run the Central Division. I think Colorado, like I said before, I think Sedlak, they're going to have some struggles at the beginning of the season. I think they find their their swing into January and February. I think they are going to be very, very interesting team to watch. So I have... I have Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, Dallas, Nashville, Winnipeg, Chicago, Arizona in the Central Division. Now let's take a look at the Pacific, and we'll start first and foremost with the team that's going to finish last in the division. I think it's going to be, unfortunately, the Seattle Kraken. And I love Seattle. I love Everett. My good friend Everett Fitzhugh, the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken. I... Uh, I just can't see Seattle doing anything good. Of course, the big piece that they got is Oliver Bjorkstrand. That's going to be great for them. Uh, they'll have Wenberg, of course, Jordan Eberle, uh, Brandon Teredin, as well as Adam Larson on the defensive side, Vince Dunn, and then Grubauer. And they've signed Martin Jones, which is going to be a big, big piece. I think Dave Haskoff is going to have his team running wild. 
They were the 30th team in the National Hockey League last year for their inaugural season. I think I think they're going to run into the sophomore slump. I think they finish in 8th spot. In 7th, I have the Anaheim Ducks. I think Anaheim is about a year off from actually becoming a contender. I think Anaheim with Seagrass as well as uh, McTardish, as well as Troy Terry, I think they're one year away. I think they're one year away. I think the acquisition of John Klingberg is going to be very, very interesting. I, I'm going to see how that's going to pair up on the on the defensive side, but I, I just don't see them getting a, getting into the postseason. I think sitting them at seven sounds like it's going to be a safe bet for the for the Anaheim Ducks. I have Anaheim in seventh spot. In sixth, I have the San Jose Sharks. I think the Sharks with Logan Couture, Thomas Healy, as well as Kevin LeBlanc. On the defensive side, we got Carlson, Ferrero, as well as on the on the goalie side of Capo Capo uh, Capitan, as well as James Reimer, who's there. I think San Jose is going to be a team to, you know, are going to be surprised in some aspects, but I I just don't see San Jose making the run. I have them finishing in sixth. In fifth, I have the L.A. Kings. I think L.A. is a team that could possibly be a spoiler for a wild card spot, but I, I, I just I just don't see it. I, I, I keep looking at their lineup, and I keep saying to myself, is this a team that I want? I could see making a postseason run? And the answer to that is no. I think L.A. is a team that is just absolutely not ready. Sure, they've got Kopachar. Sure, they've got Trevor Moore. Sure, they've gotten uh, Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick. I mean, yes, they have, but they're old and veterans. And old is not going to win them games. I think GM Rob Blake has got some problems. You got Tom McClellan at the bench. They were the 14th best team in the National Hockey League this year. I think they're going to make a slump this year. I have them finishing fifth in the Pacific Division. Fourth, I have the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Vegas is is literally is what I'm going to say to you, say to you guys that I think they are the wild card of the of the league. Vegas is a team. That's going to bring out the show. They're going to bring out the best in any team that they play against. Because they're playing, basically playing on the bright stage. Of course, i got to make mention of that. They're playing on the bright stage. Playing on the bright stage of the league. But for me, their lineup, Eichel, do we know yet how good this neck is going to look up? Mark Stone, Carlson, um, Petrangelo, Shea Theodore. Their goaltending is really what's kill, it's going to kill them. Logan Thompson, Bizzot. I, I I think we're going to see Vegas... Not be Vegas anymore. 
I think the Pacific, the three top teams in, in the Pacific are all coming from Canada. And that's really being honest with you folks. I think, I think Vancouver is going to make a wave. And I think that's, that's the key. How good that Bruce Boudreaux came into this team, took over the Rams, and led this team to possibly making the playoffs says a lot. Give them a whole year, I think they make it. Especially with Quinn Hughes and Oliver Ekman-Larsen on the defensive side with Taylor Myers. And then you have on the forward side, you got Brock Besser, JT Miller, Elise Penderson, Bo Horvath, Connor Garland. By the way, did you hear that they picked up uh, Ilio McKevick and Curtis Lazar? And then the goaltending of Demko and, and Spencer Martin. I think it's going to be interesting. There are 41 to 1 odds to make the cup, but I think they make a deep run. They're going to get beat up by the two other teams in this division. But I think they're going to be a team to watch this upcoming season as the surprise team in the National Hockey League. The second best I have is in, in the second in the division I have Calgary. Now I I, I I'm I'm just gonna tell you, I know no Johnny Gaudreau. You're gonna say to yourself, well they're not gonna be good without Johnny Hockey. I'll tell look at they got Hooverdale, Lindholm, Tyler Toffoli, Andrew Magapan, Mikel Backlund. They're good. Milan Lucic. Noah Hannafin on defense, Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger. They're goaltending with Jacob Markson and, and Dan Villar, Dustin Wolf. You know, Daryl Sutter's team always gets up. And they're going to get up, and they're going to win. They're going to get second in the division. But everybody's going to be beating up. Everybody's trying to keep up, and they will not be able to keep up with the Edmonton Oilers. I think. Edmonton is the team to win in the in the um, in the division. I think they're the better team. And all I have to say is Connor Connor McDavid, Yamamoto, and Kane, Heyman, Drysaitel, Fularvi. They got Jack Campbell. And Calvin Picard in the goaltending realm. They were the 11th best team. They're 11 to 1 odds to win the cup. Do I need to say more? Everton to win the division. So Seattle, Anaheim, San Jose, LA, Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. So Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver making a playoff spot. The wild cards known for the Pacific. And in the Central, I have Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, Dallas, and Nashville getting the two wildcard spots. For the Western Conference, the two teams I think that gets to the Western Conference final, I think are the Colorado Avalanche, the defending champions, and the Edmonton Oilers. And I think Connor McDavid gets the better of Nathan McKinnon. I see this going six games, and I'll say Edmonton to beat Colorado, giving the cup of possibility possibility to winning in 
Canada. But can an Eastern Conference team make it? And what Eastern Conference team is going to make it? As now we preview the Eastern Conference right here on the NHL preview. So now we talked about the Western Conference. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference right here on the Anchor Network. And you're listening to us on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you listen to our shows, wherever and whenever. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll first and foremost start off with the Atlantic Division. And we're going to first and foremost start off with the team. Of course, we all probably know it's not going to make it out. And we'll go from the bottom to the top. And we'll start first and foremost with the Montreal Canadiens. And Montreal, not a good season last year. After coming off of being in the cup final with, with Tampa Bay, Montreal is in a rebuild still. Of course, their new captain, uh, their new captain at the helm. I, I just, I just don't see good things coming out of Montreal. Their lines, of course, they got Kirby Doc, Josh Anderson, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, who's the captain, uh, Yuri. Uh, Sofsky, who is going to make his NHL debut with the with the team. You have Carey Price and Jake Allen in the goaltending realm. They were the worst team in the league last year at 22-49-11. I think they continue that run. I think they get another first round. They get an overall number one pick. I have Montreal finishing in eighth. In seventh. I have the Buffalo Sabres. I think Buffalo not very good this upcoming season for them. Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson. You have uh, Alex Tuck on the forward side. On the defensive side, you have Darlene and Owen Power who will help them out. Uh, but the goaltending is really key. They picked up Eric Comrie, and they have Craig Anderson. They signed a couple, three defensemen, but I just don't think it's enough. I think Buffalo finishes in six. Excuse me, in seventh. In sixth, it's the Detroit Red Wings. Like I'm, we previewed the Red Wings before, dived into the Red Wings. I think Mo Sider and Raymond are going to have sophomore slumps. I do like all the acquisitions by Steve Eiserman this upcoming year and the new coaching of Derek Lalonde. I think they are one year away from getting back to the postseason. I think this year will get them to sixth. I don't have them finishing farther than sixth. I have them at six. I think they get to the playoffs next season when they have their they get their final two key pieces, which they need another good forward and 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 to back up their goaltending as well too. I think Detroit finishes is finishes in six. The surprise for me is the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators I have finishing in fifth. Uh, not many people are talking about the Ottawa Senators this upcoming season. Ottawa, a team to watch out for, I think. Ottawa is a team to watch out for. Ottawa, great team. Made the most of it. They go and get Alex Dabrinkit. They get Claude Giroux. They get Cam Talbot and Jacob Larson. They've got Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris. They've got young talent. I think this is a team that could surprise a lot of people. Do I see them getting a postseason berth? No. 
I think Ottawa finishes in fifth. They're 36 to 1 odds. Last year they were 33, 42, and 7. Uh, they finished 26th overall. I think DJ Smith with Pierre Durand as their GM. I think Ottawa has some strong optimism, and I think they will get continue their rebuild this upcoming year. Fourth is the Boston Bruins. We previewed Boston on uh, earlier in the sh- in the show tonight. I think also with them losing uh, Felino in that, uh, but Boston. I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I think they get a wild card spot. I really do. I think Boston gets a wild card spot this upcoming year with Jim Montgomery. I think with the old veteran of Bergeron and Pasternak and Hall and Krejci, I think with McAvoy become when he can become as healthy and Carlo and Lindholm, I think this team could base some say some things. I think they finish with a wild card spot in fourth in the Atlantic. Third, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. We previewed the Leafs. I think with Matthews and Martyr, I think the Leafs get to the get the number three seed. They'll have to play the Florida Panthers. I think Florida finishes in second this year. Florida is going to be a team to watch. Can they repeat their performance from last year? Can they? Will they? Can they? I, I don't know. They're, they're a team... They're a team to really watch for this upcoming year. Of course, with the signing of Matthew Kachuk, uh, uh, Matthew, yeah, Matthew Kachuk, they've got Barkoff and Reinhardt, Nick Cousins, Christian Tierney, and Colin White. I think Matt Zug, uh, Mike Zug, uh, Delzato, very signing. Mark Stahl signing. You have Ekblag. You've got Carlson. You know, you've got the two goaltenders and Bobrovsky and Knight. I think they're very, very good. 16 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup this upcoming season. I have Florida in two and Tampa winning the Atlantic. I do I need to say more? I think they're the defending Eastern Conference champions. I think they get back into the swing of things. I have Tampa in the top spot. So Montreal, Detroit, excuse me, Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, Boston with a wild card, and the top three, Tampa, Florida, and Toronto. So now we get into the Metropolitan Division. We will start from the bottom up. I think it's the New Jersey Devils finishing in the last spot in the Metropolitan Division. New Jersey, it's going to be bad for, for Frank Fleming. Thomas Tatar, of course. Jack Hughes, which will be good. Igor Sturgev, it's going to be good. With the goaltending, Mackenzie Blackwood's there. Vitan Vantek, it's going to be interesting. And the defensive side with Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Greaves is going to be fine. Uh, Ryan Graves. Uh, but I, I just don't see it. They're 60-1 to 1 odds. They were the 28th best team in the league, averaging 2 0.99 goals a game, but they gave up 3.68 goals a game. They were 28th best in the power play, 80, 14th best in the penalty kill. But I think Coach Ruff is going to have a strong, rough year with the Devils. I have New Jersey in the 8th spot. 7th spot, I have the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers, I think, are going to be in a rebuild. I think their young team 
I think Tortorella is going to have to give him a year to get you know get into their get into his system. I think uh, Philadelphia is going to be a team to watch to see if the system is going to work with the young talent that Tortorella has. I have them finishing in seventh. In sixth, in sixth, I have this was hard. I had the New York Islanders. I, I I don't like the I I don't like to say that the Islanders are going to be bad this year, but I think the Islanders are going to be not great. Uh, Anders Lee, Barzell, Bailey. I think they get into the swing of things. I think Lou Lamorello is going to have his chance there, but you know with Lance Lambert being at the coaching realm, I think. And then firing Trotz with a 37-35 record in 2021-2022 was just a shock for me. I think the Islanders finish in the sixth spot. In fifth, I have the Washington Capitals. I have Washington. Washington's a team. Washington's a team for me that could make a playoff spot. You know, Strom, Connor Brown has the acquisitions. They got Darcy Kemper at goaltending with Charlie Lindgren. Um, uh, Eric Gustafson. But you have Ovechkin and Kuznetsov there. Tom Wilson, injury. TJ Oshie, Anthony Mantha. Going to be there. Lars Eller. You know, they were the 13th best team in the league. They're 39-1 to 1 odds to win the Cup. I just think the... Washington Capitals finish in fifth. I think they're on the outside looking in. I don't think they get a playoff spot. Which sets up the top four. Uh, we'll start with the top. I think Carolina's the top team in this Metropolitan Division. I think Carolina is very, very good this year. You're going to see this team very, very good. Uh, Shevchikov, Ajo, Teravainen, Jarvis, Cometti, yeah, Max Pacioretty, Jordan Stahl, Manichuk, Nikis, and then you have, of course, on the defensive side, you got Brett Burns, Plesic, Jetski, Bear, and then you have Anthony, uh, Anti Ranta, and Freddie Anderson. I think the Metro goes to Carolina. The two spot goes to the New York Rangers. We talked about the Rangers earlier in the podcast tonight. I think the Rangers are a team that could really do something with Kreider and Sabanajad, of course, and uh, Lafreniere getting a full year with him. I think the Rangers get the second spot. Third, I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think the Jackets get a playoff spot. I think they get the third seed. I think they play the New York Rangers. I think with a veteran team with younger talent that they have, I think Larson will get his team up for the season. I think Line A looks really, really good. And with him with, with the same line with Goudreau, it's going to be absolutely beautiful. I think it's going to be absolutely stunning. Um, they're the team to watch out for. They are really the team to watch out for for the season. I think uh, Columbus is the team to watch out for this upcoming season, especially how much the young talent they have 
with the veterans and the veterans that they have, I believe this team could do some damage in the postseason. I really do. I really, really do. And then the fourth spot is the Pittsburgh Penguins. We previewed the Penguins earlier on the podcast. I think they get a wild card spot. They get the top wild card spot. So they will play Carolina in the first round. Um, I think Pittsburgh is going to be interesting. We, we just don't know if this line is going to be strong enough. If this line is going to be good enough with 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 the putting the band back together with uh, Latang and Crosby and Malkin. Is the window finally shut on Pittsburgh? I think they get a postseason run, but I I, I want to see what they do in the postseason. I want to see what they do in the regular season. I really do. So, to recap the Eastern Conference, we'll start with, again with the Atlantic. I have Tampa in the number one spot, Florida, Toronto, and Boston with a wild card spot at four. Ottawa, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, Montreal. And then in the Metro, I have Carolina, New York, Columbus, and Pittsburgh with a wild card spot. The Islanders, excuse me, Washington, the Islanders, Philadelphia, and New Jersey is the top spot. And then in the Eastern Conference for the conference final, I think in the in the in the Atlantic, you're going to see, I think for the the um not the division yeah for the divisional final to get to the Eastern Conference final, you're going to see Tampa play Florida in the in the round. I think Tampa gets the best overall record. I have Tampa playing Boston in the first round. They get beat up tremendously. They win it in seven games. Florida beats Toronto in five. I think Toronto I think Florida beats Tampa in seven. They get the better Tampa. Tampa it's tired. They played through three, four cup runs, playoff runs. I think they're tired. They get out. In the Metro, New York and Columbus. I think Columbus goes and wins the division. It wins wins it in six over the Rangers. I have Pittsburgh falling to Carolina in a sweep in four games. Carolina plays Columbus. I think Columbus gets the better of Carolina. In seven games, you have Florida playing Columbus in the Eastern Conference Final. And the representative out of the Eastern Conference Final between Florida and Columbus, I think, are the Florida Panthers. I think Florida gets the job done over Columbus. And that's just being honest with you. I think I think they get it done in six games. So I have Florida playing Edmonton. For the Stanley Cup this upcoming year. So there will be a new champion. And who do I have winning the Stanley Cup this year? So between the Florida Panthers and the Edmonton Oilers for the Stanley Cup this upcoming season. It was a tough decision. I think with Edmonton, if they stay fully healthy... If they are a team that can run the course and win 
they're going to be very, very dangerous. With Nurse, Kane, Holiday, Dreisaitl, and of course the GOAT, Connor McDavid. You have Yamamoto, of course, CC, Lindbergh, and the goaltending of Jack Campbell is going to be very, very good. And like I said, with Florida, it'll be interesting. The Panthers with Matthew Kachuk, Barkoff, Reinhardt, Duclair when he gets healthy, Bennett, Nick Cousins, Lomberg, Hornquist, Ekblad on the defensive side of things, Foresight, Michael Delzato, and then the goaltending of Bobrovsky and Knight together. I think Florida gets there. Florida versus Edmonton for the cup final. And who lifts the cup? It goes back to Canada, ladies and gentlemen. I have the Edmonton Oilers lifting Lord Stanley's Cup for the 2022-2023 for the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs and them winning the cup and bringing it back to Canada for the first time since 1992 with the Montreal Canadiens. That was the last time the cup was in Canada and won by a Canadian team. So there is that for you guys. That is the whole preview for the 2022-2023 NHL season. Enjoy the cover, enjoy the season, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fantastic season. Uh, you know, we'll give you all the coverage right here on the Anchor Network with the with the All Andy Offer podcast, which we do two times a week. Um, we'll be focusing on, of course, the coverage for the Blue Jackets, the Red Wings, and all the NHL teams, um, and and so much more. So. Stick with us on this podcast. If you haven't, subscribed to the network, to All Andy Offer Network. Subscribe to the network and enjoy our shows right here on the Anchor Network. So enjoy this upcoming season. Remember to, you know, it's not a wine, bo- it's not a wine bottle. Just drop the puck and enjoy the 2022-2023 National Hockey League season. Starting on Tuesday night. The 11th of October with a doubleheader in New York between the Rangers and the Lightning. And Vegas is in L.A. on ESPN. Enjoy the season. And I'll talk to you guys later. As this has been the NHL 2022-23 edition. Preview edition on the Anchor Network. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at Elford, as well as Facebook.com slash Elford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.